we continue our series uh, called Strength for the Journey, and I'm going to speak about friendship. Um, somebody asked me this morning, as I was walking in, they saw me at this little microphone here, and they said, are you going to teach about hell today? And I said, no, I said, I'm going to teach about friendship, but if you have bad friendships, life could be hell. So, <laughs> but there's so much to cover, and uh, in the next 25 minutes or so, we're going to explore a few areas that help us to strengthen the friendships that we have, and then hopefully you'll get some tools that'll help you with some, perhaps some of the strained relationships you might have right now. And then also through, the, through this time that we spend together, uh, Perhaps you'll have the tools to uh, endeavor or risk a little bit about creating or finding new friendships. And uh, I was at a seminar about 21 years ago. I believe Lisa was uh, in the hopper with Danielle. And, and uh, we had to go to a seminar to learn about, uh, it was a parenting seminar. And I was thinking, I mean, a baby, how difficult could this be? Uh, you know, just put her down to sleep, I get on my computer, she wakes up, I take care of her, and that, and that would be it. Uh, apparently, there was a lot more to it than that, but in that particular seminar, there was about 200 people, and a woman stood up, about right there, and, and uh, as the speaker was introducing himself, and, he's, and she says, what credentials do you have to teach on this subject? I'm thinking, whoa, I never want to be a public speaker. <laughs> And she said, uh, and he, he says, I have a lot of credentials that I could tell you, but, but really my credential is this, that I have raised two children, and they turned out to be pretty good. And so, uh, and, then she, and then she sat down, and that made me feel a little bit better. Uh, but in order to save me the anxiety and you the trouble of feeling like you have to stand up and ask me my credentials, I'll just tell you what they are. Uh, simply, you know, I have been married for 30, almost 33 years. To Lisa, and uh, yeah. I I think I think in you know in a card or two throughout this 33 something years that she put in there that I was her best friend. That's good, encouraging. And then uh, also as of about six o'clock this morning when I left the house, I know my daughter and son. Uh, I think they would consider me to be a good friend. We've done a pretty good job, right, Kyle? Nod your head. Yeah, it's really <laughs> really important that they see that. So. Um, so that we have good friendships is very important. The Bible says, John 13, 35, that by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So the scripture says not just to love, but for us to have love. And that is an active word. So if you're in your own little world, it's easy to say, well, I love everybody. But then you never come out of your house. You never come out of your room. You never, you never risk anything. So in God's world, we're asked to go, to have love for one another, to, to do it, to have friendships, participate in them, get involved, and engage in them. That's what God's preference would be. And the end goal in mind is that they would see our love for one another, and in turn, they would see they would discover Jesus' love. I mean, what an awesome process. So you may not remember anything else I tell you today. I'm going to I quote from C.S. Lewis, Billy Graham. You may not remember those quotes, but I think you'll remember this one by the great philosopher 
Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he says, you can't stay in the corner of the forest waiting for others to come to you. You have to go to them sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you got to risk a little bit. You got to come out to play. I, mean, I, I really true believe it's one of the inspirations for our message here today that we have people who they walk around with jars on their nose and they need some help to get them off. It's true that people will know that we're Christians by our love, by the way we love each other, and our acts of friendship is pretty powerful for attracting people to Jesus. And I believe great friendships build the kingdom of God, and great friendships give us personally strength for the journey of life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that what would come to mind today are those people that are our good friends, those people we have strained relationships with, and those people, Lord, that perhaps that you want us to befriend and become friends with. And we'll believe that what comes to our mind today comes from you. And we thank you, Lord, for the tools for building friendships. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, very, very quickly, I want to cover this. Uh, a few years ago, somebody did a little book contest uh, where, where the book contest, the, the rules of the book contest were the, the whole book could only be six words or less. They had to submit them to the publisher, and the publisher would pick the winner. So really quick, we have a uh, what do you call it? social network, Facebook, Horizon Community Church. On there, as you feel need, you can do it now, it doesn't matter. I want you to write uh, six words or less your definition of what friendship is. Don't include the words friendship is, but six words after that. And then I'm going to go on that social network. I'm going to find the best one, and you are going to win a uh, you're going to win a free lunch that Pastor Jerry is going to pay for, and <laughs> and and uh, yeah, he's he's going to take you. Okay, so submit that, submit that sometime, sometime today. So with uh, my life experience. Uh, more so, I, I spend a lot of time with the singles, so I see friendships. I see friendships, how they develop, and sometimes how they don't develop. I, get, I have my wife. I have my children. I have just 50-something years, 50-something or so years of life. All this experience, everything that I've observed, everything that I've studied, I conclude that friendship is more than just about keeping good company or having someone to listen to us or having someone just kind of accept us as we are. Henry Nowen, author, 40 books he wrote. This is what he said about friendship. When we honestly ask ourselves which person in our lives mean the most to us, we often find that it is those who, instead of giving advice, solutions, or cures, have chosen rather to share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand. The friend who can be silent with us in a moment of despair or confusion, who can stay with us in an hour of grief and bereavement, who can tolerate not knowing, not curing, not healing, and face with us the reality of our powerlessness. That is a friend who cares. And I believe that there's a sense of amazing wonder in friendship. The best acts of friendship are often unscheduled and unrehearsed. Depending on how you talk to, some people say, a good friend is 24-7. Some say, I have friends that I'm so close to, they can call me any hour of the day, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., doesn't matter. I say... I have friends I'm so close to that they wouldn't call me at 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning. 
So the best of friendships doesn't involve having to get up a little extra early in the morning to get your face on, because Lord knows what would happen if somebody saw you without your face on. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Or having to be dressed prim or proper in the latest fashions before your friends see you. I think all friendships are governed by some sort of rules. Some, some are spoken, some are unspoken, or they're, they're non-negotiable, that you might say. That's the nice way of saying it. I call it hang-ups. I got some hang-ups, man, with, with regards to friendship. With all my friends, I'm just, I just outright tell you, okay? I've got a couple of pet peeves. Here they are, right? Don't stand so close to me. Uh, like, uh, we, we, have, we have a couple people in our church, I mean, named the Leesmans, they, they are space invaders, okay? I, sometimes Michelle stands so close to me that I, I can't really focus on her face, and, and so, and she does this on purpose, and she knows that, that, that makes me just a little bit uncomfortable, so she'll walk me from one end of the church to the other by standing and talking to me, and she'll talk to me, and I'll obviously be backing up, and she'll, and she'll take me all the way back. Space invaders. Here's another one. Here's another one. Hug me, but don't hold me. Right? I, I, I like, you know, it's like 0.05 seconds or less. That's good. That's I feel, I feel the love. I feel the love, okay? All right, this one, this one just, just for the guys only, okay, because I want to get to the message. Whether you're married or not, because I, mean, I don't ever stop by a woman's house anyway. Uh, never surprises in the morning, praise the Lord. If I come to your house early in the morning, guys, when you come to the door, have a shirt on, okay? That's really key. And when you come to my house, I don't care how hot it is in the house or outside, don't sit on my couches with your shirt off. Don't. Don't do it. Okay? I'm warning you. I'm warning you right now. All right? It'll you, got, you guys got some hang-ups, too. You can share, share those on Facebook as well. Okay? Arise in church. We all know that living in the same neighborhood all your life and even the timing of being present at just the right moment, it can spur on friendships as well. Um, I don't know what happened. I had a friendship that that spurred on when I was in kindergarten. I don't know what happened to me since then because friendships in kindergarten were easy. I had this friend. His name's Russell Raymond. He's coming around one corner and I'm coming around the other corner. We collide, fall to the ground. Both our noses are bleeding. Teacher cleans us up. We go to the sandbox and we play. Friendship. Huh. Who would expect it? Sometimes it just happens that way. Great friendships even span time and distance. You know those people that you haven't talked to for years, but one phone call or visit, and, it, and it's as if it was yesterday. The good old days. No guilt, no expected requirements. Comedian couch potato Archie Bunker. That's right. A quote from Archie Bunker and Winnie the Pooh in the same message. You'll never forget. All right. He once joked, I have lots of close friends. Some of them I don't hardly know. Yeah. So, um, thank you, Lisa. Yes. It says right here, Lisa, laugh here. Okay. I know she did. So uh, friendship even draws courage from some people. Courage that causes people to pause their lives in a moment's notice, sometimes in acts of heroism, to put their own lives at risk, to seek out, to, seek out, to save, to minister to desperate people, oftentimes like the good Samaritan of the Bible. This service is unto a total stranger or a hurting person. 
Before long, as a result, a new friendship is birthed. This Facebook quote from one of our singles asked her permission to use it. She says, my 88-year-old grandpa, he doesn't walk any further around his house without getting winded. He has a neighbor named Heidi. They've been neighbors for about 30 years. My grandparents are not unfriendly, but they spend their whole life working. So aside from a wave while pulling in and out of the driveway, they didn't know each other. Until recently, I don't remember how it came about, but they were talking. He wasn't complaining or asking for help, but he mentioned how he doesn't walk far. Going to get the paper requires him to stop and rest on the way out and on the way back in. She has taken it upon herself to bring his mail and paper to his front porch every morning. She brings him food. She left him flowers on the porch the other day. She's really gone out of her way to strike up a friendship with him, and my family is so grateful. I just wanted to post something positive today because there are beautiful people in the world, and I think that she is one of them. Never underestimate how what seems like a small task to you can make, make a huge impact for somebody else. Way to go to all the Heidi's of the world. Some of them, I know, are right here in our church. I've witnessed your work, and God bless you. So listen to this Twitter Bible quote. I won't tell you who it's from, but her initials are KR. She's usually found sitting next to Pastor Stan. (laughs) I listened to some old sermons, and two things are always consistent in Pastor Stan's messages. Praise the Lord. He'll always talk about Jesus, and every once in a while he'll mix in something about Karen. So I figure if I talk about Jesus and mix in something about Karen, I'm all good. For the message. Yeah. So she posted this on Twitter. Don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Yeah, sacrifices. Friendship involves some sacrifice. It does. Good friendships don't always run so smoothly. Uh, I always figured that only bad friends backstab you, but Oscar Wilde suggests that sometimes a good friend stabs you in the front. San Diego, we have these stucco walls, beautiful walls, but if you scrape yourself against them, tend to leave you a pretty good mark, a pretty good deep scratch. I think friendship is sometimes like that too. If you, if you have good friends, you're going to find out. You discover that life I mean, it has its sad moments. It has its tragedy. There's some discontent, uh, some conflict. Sometimes it takes pain. Uh, our friends get sick, and there's lots of sadness. That's part of friendship too. But uh, what makes a good friend? What are a few things we can do to build stronger friendships? Three things I want to share with you that help us to be better friends. And I'm taking my three main points from the scripture in Micah 6, 8. Not so much because it mentions the word friendship in there as much as when that, those words were penned, that there was, there was conflict going on. There were some questions about sacrifice and a few folks weren't getting along and and. I like these words because it just brings three fundamentals. I mean, as sure as there's fundamentals in baseball, in accounting, in, 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 in grammar, in mathematical equations, there's also some fundamentals that if you practice them in friendship, you have better friendships. If you practice them in friendships, when there's conflict, conflict is resolved. These are, are fundamentals. Here's the scripture from Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good... And what does the Lord require of you? 
but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Three things that help us to be good friends. The first is this. To be a good friend, we must do justly. We must do justly. Some uh, interpretations are uh, act justly. There's always some sort of rules, some spoke and some not, that are part of good friendships. And basically, being nice is one of them. Be nice. So I started the lyrics to the worst country song ever right here with regards to friendship. You want bad friendships? You want to ruin friendships? You want shallow friendships? I haven't put music to this yet. Be mean. Be mean. Coarse, untrusting. Never keep your word. Be critical. Gossipy. Don't listen to them. Spread rumors. Be selfish and arrogant. Lying, cheating, stealing, backbiting. A lot of ING words in country music. Husband, wife, and stealing, conniving, deceitful, entrapping. You get the point? Those kind of acts, those kind of doing, they're not fair, and they don't help to build relationships. Instead, be kind and trusting, tactful, keep your word, have some integrity, strong ethics, be supportive, compassionate, empathetic, these things build friendships, and these things build relationships. To do justly means to be fair, to do what is right as it pertains to others, and do it in a right way. Some things are just plain wrong to do. Acting justly may require that we set our, aside our feelings, set aside our feelings to do the right thing. To do justly also requires that you be vulnerable, that you be vulnerable, that you be you. And I believe that means letting somebody get to know you. No masks, no pretending, no copycat, you, unique, the way God made you. Vulnerable. God gave me some gifts, he gave you some gifts. We need them both to blend together to make good friendships. God gives us all personalities. I putting together this message, I hesitated a little bit. I, I, I wanted to start with the walk humbly with thy God part first because, because God will take a personality, a set personality, and he will absolutely blow it out of the water. When we subject ourselves, our uniqueness, our gifts to God, he may require something different than you've ever known or done in your whole life. So we can never use our personalities as an excuse for friendships or developing good friendships. Albert Hubbard, even an agnostic, agnostic, he, write, I mean, he had quotes about friendship. I don't even know if he understood it to its fullest. He even said, a friend is someone who knows all about you and he still loves you. Oh, that's true. I don't care who wrote it. It becomes true. If you want good friendships, you have to let somebody get to know you. I did this little experiment with my own family. I uh, bought a book while I'm on vacation called All About Me. And uh, I tucked it underneath my shirt, brought it to dinner, family dinner time. And then uh, at during part of the dinner, 
uh, said, hey, we're going to have a little family discussion here. He said, oh, yeah, we don't like that. Okay, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, and, and, and this book is all about me. You, you open, open up the book, and this is the way it works. Open up the book, close your eyes, and you point to a page. Anywhere in the book. The book's about that thick. Anywhere in there. And whatever question is there, you have a right to ask anybody around the table that question. And so just vulnerability, just openness, taking a chance, sharing, letting somebody know you. That's got the beginning. It's got a grassroots type of friendship sort of thing. Um, Another thing that helps us is in all things, honor one another. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. This from Romans chapter 12. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. So those of you who ever have opportunity to minister to your friends who are in conflict. It could be a couple. It could be a boyfriend-girlfriend. It just could be you know, two guys, two gals. It doesn't make any difference. I, I really believe that you can just sit them down and go over this scripture right here. Any of these scriptures I shared today, just go over these scriptures and just simply ask them the question, where have you violated this, this principle right here? This principle of honoring, honoring the person across from you. I know some friendships, some friendships, I kind of mentioned the, uh, the word skunking, uh, lacking of zeal, that's what it reminds you of. In some friendships, I mean, skunking means like when a skunk walks in a room and pss, sprays it and puts a stink on everything. I mean, if you're the type of person, I don't know, I don't know if you're here, I'm not looking at any of you, I'm just kind of scanning, uh, that, <laughs> that kind of person that, that, that you know, you take a, a, a photograph of silver lining and immediately go to the drawer and get an eraser and try to erase it. I mean, it's that kind of depression. You kind of live in the basement all the time. Somebody gives you some good news, but you want to give them lower news, worse news, or yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, I know you're feeling good, but hi, yeah, yeah. Downer, downer kind of person. Uh, maybe you need to make a change there. Joyful, joyful. Bring joyfulness to friendship. Boy, that makes friends. Be faithful in praying for one another. That builds friendship. Practice hospitality. That brings friendship. See, once again, these aren't, these aren't things that we just do so that we could become popular. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what happened. When I started Facebook, I mean, I've got like more than 500 friends in a week, and now I've got only another 37 in another 10 years. Something's been going on. This isn't something we just practice. We have to we have to get involved. We do this because it benefits kingdom growing, this friendship thing. Valuing others is very pleasing to the Lord. Last one of these is the area of gossip. No, no gossip. Um, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is a good thing for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And we have this, this, uh, this, this rule that we've been, uh, this rule, this guidance, this very neat thing that Pastor Jerry has brought to us in some of our, in some of our teachings during our, our pastoral time. And it's, uh, if you offend somebody, if you talk about somebody, or if you entertain negative talk about somebody, you have 48 hours to go to that person and make amends. What a great idea. How would that change friendships? How would that change the whole level of trust if we did that with one another? 
if we didn't gossip. So 48 hours, I joke, I joke with Pastor Jerry, if I need a meeting with you, I'm going to talk about you, so you have to schedule me within 48 hours and we can get it done. <laughs> My second point, to be a good friend, we must love mercy. Not just do it, love it, love mercy. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So as far as it depends on you, we take personal responsibility for our friendships, for our relationships. Be a good forgiver, forgetter, and repenter. If it meant you changing and, and repenting or doing something different to save a relationship, do it. Do it. It is healthy for the relationship, it's healthy for the body of Christ, and it's healthy for those who may be watching at some they know Jesus. Go to your brother. We have cha- Matthew chapter 18. And everybody knows it. Oh, Matthew chapter 18. You have problems with your brother? Matthew 18. It's not just a, a plaque on the wall. Those things are helpful for us if we do them, but they are just a plaque on the wall if we don't. So we want to go to one another. Make right. Don't let things fester. Go to one another. Restore people Gently, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. This process of restoration, this process of perhaps even being right, but going to one another gently with an openness, with humility, it helps us to build relationships and to restore relationships. Once again, tools to help us in those areas. Last point, to be a good friend, we must walk humbly with our God. Guess which portion of this message is my favorite? To walk humbly with our God. That's our starting point. The best that friendship has to offer, God offers to us first through personal relationship with him. And so we have this this starting point. And this... We have words like abide and yield and being spirit-led. All those parts of the tools that are available to us. And, and, and each one of those asks of us that we remain in him. And so we go through our lives with a personal relationship with Jesus that we're supposed to remain in. And then from that we go out and we do friendship. We act justly. We love mercy. That's the way we're able to do it. And so I've showed everybody this over and over again, I just kind of, in, in counseling or when talking in conflict or in my own personal conflicts, I try to apply the same principle every time. I use a triangle. I put myself on the left bottom side, the other person I'm dealing with on the bottom right side, and I put Jesus at the top. And I do whatever I can to not deal with my conflict or my issues or my problem or my situation, not deal with it horizontally. If I deal with it horizontally, I'm dealing man to man. We're talking about personality here. We're talking about, about trying to find personal favor. I'm trying to look for things that benefit me. I'm trying to find things that make me the winner, that put me on top, that give me a step, that give me an edge. It's tough to resolve conflict if all you ever want to do is win or have it be about you. But like I told you before, Jesus will blow your personality, your conflict resolution models. He'll blow all this out of the water if you go 
up to him. Because now through salvation, we have to do some, the, the way we love changes. The way we view mercy changes. The way we forgive, the need to forgive, all that changes. It requires something of us. And that's the idea. Those are, are uh, breakthrough principles that we must apply. Our personal relationship with Jesus, anything ever good that will come out of relationships will come through that. Jesus says in John 15, 12 through 13, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. Not surprising, Jesus said that. And it was Jesus who went to the cross. The Bible tells us friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. That same him that went to the cross that died for our sins. That really he paid for all the great things that could ever happen in friendship either. He's the one who put all this stuff into place. I want to close with this. I have a friend. His name's Stan Stewart. Um, I'm going to read a letter from a missionary, um, and it's about laying down, about someone who laid down their life for the calling of Jesus in their life. And when I look at uh, at us and the subject or the topic of friendship, I'm, I'm not even asking you to do the extreme of what this woman did here. Jesus may call that for you in your life, but with regards to friendship, I'm just asking you to consider the friendships you have now, the friendships you have strained now, the friendships that could be, and that through a personal relationship with Jesus, you'd be able to, 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 to take action and to make those better and improve those better all for the glory of God and for building the body of Christ. But I dedicate this reading of this letter to my friend, Stan Stewart, who went to be a missionary in Afghanistan. Uh, he was a number, number of years he was there. He, he got cancer. Uh, he went through chemotherapy there with the doctors there. His parents asked him to come home he was near his death, and he said, I would like to die here amongst the people that God sent me to love. I mean, that, I get, I get fired up about little topics like friendship, and when I see that, I think, whoa, that is deep, deep friendship. And I, I, I glanced at his his. Facebook site that's still up and it showed pictures of his wife and it said um, it showed a picture of her and it go fourth going away party with friends or fourth group of, of friends going away party fourth, fourth group friends right nobody's dressed in Levi's and khaki short pants sandals right all people we'd never meet we never know, except for somebody, somebody showed the stewards the love of God, and God called them to love other people. We get to be part of that far-reaching things. With our friendship, that to me is absolutely incredible. Let me read you, let me read you the letter this woman wrote um, that I dedicate to Stan. This gal's name is Karen Watson. She writes to her pastor, Dear Pastor Phil and Pastor Roger, you should only be opening this in the event of death. That when God calls, there are no regrets. I tried to share my heart with you as much as possible, my heart for the nations. I wasn't called to a place. 
I was called to him. To obey was my objective. To suffer was expected. His glory was my reward. His glory, my reward. The missionary heart cares more than some think is wise, risks more than some think is safe, dreams more than some think is practical, expects more than some think is possible. I was called not to comfort or to success, but to obedience. There is no joy outside of knowing Jesus and serving him. I love you too and my church family. In his care, Karen. Or the extreme of friendship. Laying down your life for your friend. Jesus did that for us. He laid down his life. Not only for our personal, that we may have a personal relationship with him, but that our relationships would be ignited with such a fire, a fire that would be contagious that people would want to know Jesus personally. What an, what an awesome, simple part of our, uh, our calling here as a congregation at Horizon to be better at friendship. Friendship.